and welcome to P is for Podcast, a podcast where me and Fiona talk about popcorn, popsicles, and a word that starts with P. How are you, popcorn. Fiona? Oh, sorry. I was going to explain something. Classic me just jumping all over you already. But yeah. hello, Claire. I'm well. Thank you. Hello from Spain. Hola a todos. You know, got to throw. Yeah. Throw in a shout out uh, in Spanish, obviously. Um, I, how are you? <sighs> I'm are good. You it's hot here. Too hot. It's funny. It's how many? What is the? How many degrees in Fahrenheit is it, Claire? In Fahrenheit, yesterday it was 95. Oh my gosh! I had no idea it was that hot. You'd think the people would have been complaining on social media. Yeah. Well, you know, poolside it's fine, but then the heat comes at night, and you're not ready for it. The heat comes at night. Exactly. That makes me think of of Les Mis, when the tigers come at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a perfect segue into um, <laughs> the heat. What's good in heat, Fiona? A popsicle. A popsicle. You're absolutely right. And uh, this week's popsicle, I think, is a perfect way to beat the heat. Do you want to know what's in it? <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, I do. Please, do tell. So this week's Popsicle is watermelon. And it's really just so simple. It's just watermelon chunks that are blended and then strained. And when I first made the Popsicle, I tried to put like a little lime juice in, some salt, and just kind of give it more flavor. But honestly, that was too much. And in the end, I just kept it with pure watermelon and it's just like watermelon is so good on its own it truly is i mean a watermelon slice there's really nothing better than a watermelon slice so i imagine that consuming it in the sort of smoothed out popsicle version convenient for licking wouldn't you say delightful wouldn't you say that the best watermelon is like a watermelon slice when it's really cold that's so true. I do think that the cold temperature, yeah, for me, for me, it sort of intensifies the sweetness. Yeah, that, I, if I, that makes I sense. really think that that is true. And so having it cold and strained, so there's none of the, um, I guess pulp, is just even better. I'm really good. That sounds delightful. Yeah, and then I, all of could you could you send me one on some dry ice? <laughs> no, but it's so easy to make that I can make you more when you come home. Please but, arrive at the airport when I come home with a cooler full of watermelon popsicles. Okay, yeah, that's fair. And a burrito, and a bagel, <laughs> Ooh. and maybe some Thai food. <laughs> it kills me to say this, but I mean, you are most likely going to be disappointed with your first bagel home because. I mean, it's hard to get a good bagel in Los Gatos. Well, we could probably go to the city and get you one. I think I would actually be content with with just a Noah's bagels. Okay. Because, like, a, like an egg bagel sandwich. Because I truly haven't... I have eaten one bagel the entire year. Where did you which eat Which was it? the bread... Um, the bread component of the sandwich that you and I have deemed the best sandwich ever. <gasps> You're right. From a it's restaurant, on a bagel now. A restaurant that is um, quite near to uh, the Retiro Park in yeah. Madrid. And that is the only bagel that I've eaten since last September. So, frankly, 
Yeah. Any reasonably good bagel. bagel Can I will say do. though that I have had the sandwich in its new form? Because remember when we first started getting it, we got it on focaccia. No, you did. You did, but I've always gotten it on You've the bagel. You've never had it on fo- It's so much better on focaccia. The bagel is really? good. Like, oh. the, the sandwich stands up, but on focaccia, it's life-changing, but now they, the, the people at the restaurant won't accept substitutions. I think, can we, oh, should wow. we, can we say what's in the sandwich? Can I say it? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, tell the people about this sandwich. Claire was introduced to this sandwich by my godfather's family who live Mm -hmm. in Madrid Mm -hmm. and she was in Madrid with them and they took her to this it's sort of more of a cafe than a restaurant yeah it has a very that does some breakfasts and some lunch they have a lot of to-go options yeah which is great because you can take them to Retiro which is this lovely public park in Madrid Mm -hmm. and um yes for those of you who aren't aware I do live in Europe yeah in fact I live in Spain so that wasn't obvious yet there you go but uh, so Claire told me about the sandwich, which she's going to describe to you now. And I then went and tried it on my own. And it, and then actually this year, I took a friend to try it. And it has changed all of our lives. I took, I took Rowan to try it when we were in Madrid. But she couldn't get it because she's gluten-free. But I yeah. you know, told her how good it was while I was eating it. Okay, so... That's so, so kind of Okay, you. so this is what I can think about of the sandwich. It is goat cheese, right? Yeah. Um like caramelized onions pastrami I pastrami think. and maybe arugula Greens. but yeah some sort of like flavor, i think arugula some flavorful but not imposing green so maybe it's not arugula maybe it's just like spring mix or something and i think that's all it is it has some element of like honey and mustard. oh you're right you're right it has honey yeah totally right the, like the but goat the, cheese the, i would say the proportions what really takes it from a wonderful mix of ingredients to the best sandwich I've ever had is that the proportions are really well balanced. It's just so perfectly, like, the bite. Oh, my gosh. I, just talking about this is very upsetting. I'm definitely going to go there when I'm in Madrid before I leave. Yeah, that's such a good idea. But anyway, I really think we have <laughs> gone on for long enough yeah. about this okay, so basically, world's best sandwich. The takeaway is um, the sandwich is amazing. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the popsicle? Because to me... A watermelon popsicle is the perfect popsicle to begin with. It's summer in its essence. Yeah, that's what it's I was cold, thinking. It's cold, sweet flavor, and I'm excited just yeah. thinking about it. And it was it was a perfect place to start because it was very straightforward, like froze very well. You know, it was it was a perfect starter popsicle because it sort of is the essence of what a popsicle should be, like fun, summery, simple. Um, but also it was just like a very calm place for me to start. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. It was it was it can I ask a question of, yeah. of the of the creator. Yeah. Um, was it inspired by the watermelon slushy kind of thing that dad often makes for himself uh-huh. in the summer and for others? Yeah. I would say it was in, inspired just by the fact that watermelon is, to me, like the, the herald of summer. Right. Is that I the mean, correct use of herald? That's undoubtedly true. Um, yeah, so it did, like the right Now, I feel like you often add in a dash of lemon juice when you make the blended watermelon? Yeah, I do. Did you do that for the popsicle? Maybe you already said. I did, I did. When I first made the the version, I put at the base lime, like I made a lime syrup. And while that was delicious in its own way, I just realized like the watermelon doesn't 
need that. It might have been better had I just put it like a dash of lime to give it some sourness. But honestly, like, it's so good on its own. And I feel like it's a, a move of respect to just leave it on its own. Yeah, keep it simple. If it ain't broke, yeah. don't fix it, friend. Okay, so enough about popsicles. Tell us your recommendation. Okay, so now we're moving on to the uh, the next section of the podcast, yeah. beginning with P, which is P is for popcorn, mm-hmm. in which I bring to the table a viewing recommendation for those listeners out there, i.e. probably our parents. Yeah. Wait, uh, can I tell you something, just a, a silly story about popcorn? <laughs> Please, share. So yesterday I, I ate a bunch of popcorn in my bed. <laughs> and this morning at like 4 a.m. I woke up because I had this really distinct pain and there was a kernel digging into my back that I had left in my bed from eating the popcorn. Um, and I woke up and I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I reached back and I pulled it out and it was just a leftover little kernel. Wow. That yeah. is humbling. Yeah. It really that, that reminds me of your Christmas break motto circa 2016 treats and snoozing. Yes. That's so true. That was a great motto. Okay, sorry. Um, in addition just... to silver bells, silver bells, silver bells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not as actionable of a motto, but still a good one. Yeah, one that you didn't repeat quite as often. As treats and Quite as repetitively at quite as loud of a volume, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, P is for popcorn. Long live snacking in bed actually i do not like to snack in bed yeah i I do not like mixing my calm relaxing bed with eating yeah that's that's... very important to me as i try to striate the spaces in my life but i do respect those who enjoy a good snack in bed and it sounds delightful if i (laughs) if i were a different person i'm sure i would love it it's all delightful until it's 4 a.m and you wake up because there's a kernel in your back i mean truly truly humbling as i said okay (laughs) So this week I thought that I would um, I would recommend one. Uh, this week it's going to be a television show, Ooh. or I should just call it probably a television. No, do they call them program series? I don't know. I don't remember what they call them in the UK. Um, but it's a it's a television show okay. that was recommended to me by my friend Tegan. Okay, and she recommended this show to me maybe four months ago, mm-hmm. saying the following. Every, no one that I have recommended this to and who has watched it has liked this show. <laughs> but I think but I think you might. <laughs> Which was, you know, I didn't watch it right away because I wasn't entirely sold on that description. Yeah, not a, not a huge sell. But after I watched it, it really grew on me and it turned out that I liked it a lot. Now, the show is called Cuckoo in British English. Uh... I think we would say cuckoo in American English, Mm -hmm. C-U-C-K-O-O, like one flew over the nest of. Yeah. Um, And it is a, it was on BBC Three in the UK back in 2012, I want to say. Can I ask a quick question? What are the different BBCs? Are there different numbers? I'm not really, I know there's BBC One, like BBC Radio One. Yeah. That does all the awesome live lounge covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think on TV there's BBC One, BBC Two, and BBC Three. I could oh. probably just go walk down the hall and ask my Scottish roommate. But um, I'm not really sure what they put on each channel, to be honest okay. with you. But I know, I think, 
that this show <laughs> I actually I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit I did look up the Wikipedia article for the show right before we sat down to do this no, um the only preparation I undertook but it started on BBC three and then it repeated which I think is British English for was renewed or maybe they showed it again frankly who knows yeah um on BBC one so clearly oh. there's some overlap in the BBCs yeah but anyway, Interesting. not okay. to harp too much on the British Broadcasting Corporation yeah. company. I think corporation. Um, this show is super weird. Okay. Truly, truly weird. Um, and it combines like bizarre humor with very, very British humor, which I don't think I could describe if I had to. But when I'm watching it, you're like, that's really British. Interesting. And. Yeah. For that reason, until I sort of warmed up to it, because it's not a typically, like, American-type sitcom show, um, I was a little lukewarm until I realized that I found it hilarious and preposterous. And it it's... The concept is of a family that lives in, in the Midlands in, in England, so not too far from, like, the Liverpool-Manchester point in mm-hmm. England. The Midlands are around that area. And... Um, there's a daughter who comes back from a year after finishing, I think, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, she does, like, a year or a, a certain number of months abroad traveling. Nice. And she gets married while she's there to Ooh. a character played by Andy Samberg. Seriously? Who appears in this random BBC show. Oh, my you know, gosh. I love Andy Samberg, so that was the real selling point for me. Um, That's but, hilarious. And he plays this, like, out-there, hippie, bizarro character. They got married on a beach in Thailand, or some I think on Thailand, and um, somewhere in Southeast Asia, I think it was Thailand. They return home, and that's the beginning of the show: is the family adjusting to the presence of this new character played by Andy Samberg, who oh is just wild. He's American, and he's super free spirity, adjusting to his presence in their home. And wow, they're so, they live in like the classic, what we'd think of as like the classic British suburban house with like the light brown colored bricks that are a different color than bricks are in america you know yeah yeah, yeah totally. and the dad is like has a his his life is very ordinary but he's crazy and the son is super annoying and the wife is really funny and they're a family of of four and then andy samberg walks into it and i feel like i've done a pretty poor job of describing it frankly no um, I, because I, i'm trying so hard not to spoil it yeah I but love Andy Samberg it, so much get, that that's an immediate get into these sell. sort of caper-filled, sort of caper is how I describe them situations. Yeah. Or, like, they get backed into a corner mm-hmm. by their ridiculous choices. I love it. Um, so that's what I would say. Is how many it's seasons on, are there? It's on Netflix in Spain. Okay. Not super. I helpful. don't know if it's on Netflix in the United States. Okay. But my friend watched it when she was in the U.S., so maybe... Okay, how many And again, that's Cuckoo, and there's three series, as it's called in the UK. Okay. Three seasons. Huh. Wow. By the way, I keep making so many allusions to British English because in my job as an English teacher in Spain, I run up against it a lot since they teach British English here. Mm. And there's a lot of miscommunication with my students and the teachers regarding my extremely American vocabulary. Amazing. Um, so I, that's why I keep saying in British English, because that's what I do often in the classroom. Um, so there's three seasons. They're on Netflix. I went through them pretty quick. And yeah. And Taylor Lautner appears. What? In later seasons. Gosh, that's 
truly a okay. confusing this mix is what surprises of- me though about how this show i had never heard of this show and not that i really have my ear to the ground regarding all television because i certainly don't mm-hmm. but uh to have a show with andy samberg and taylor lautner that to me looks like this sort of random british show yeah that i hadn't heard of i don't know it just surprised me yeah but yeah wow exciting <sighs> Okay, well, uh, if it's on American Netflix, I'm definitely going to give it a give it a look. Yeah, let me know what you think. I will. Stick with it for a bit. Okay, Fiona, are you ready for this week's rant word that starts with P? Yeah, okay, wait, let's explain that you explain how you came by this word. Okay, so each week, one of us in alternating form will propose a word for conversation that starts with the letter p and so i was thinking oh you know i should choose a word that would have a lot of you know i don't know good things to talk about but i went on a random word generator and you could specify which letter it started with and the first word it generated i thought was a great word and so now we're going to say what that word means to us or discuss a little bit about the implication of that word in our life correct the word that's what we're gonna do yeah you ready yeah. The word is physics. Physics. I mean, life itself right there. Yeah. Yeah. A pretty big word. Um. Wow. I felt a jolt of excitement when you said that word because really? I love the study of physics. Yeah. I was going to say, when I saw it, I was like, I don't have a lot to say about physics because I was pretty... I would say, of all the science I took in high school, physics was certainly my least favorite. But I think you it really was liked my physics. Second favorite. Wait, what was your favorite? Definitely biology. Oh, biology was my least favorite, and I really like biology, but it was my least favorite. I just, I really like all the sciences. That's cool. <laughs> so, because you uh, took a, or I guess AT, but you took AP Physics senior year, right? I did. I chose to take. That is so uh, two crazy whole years to of me. physics in high school, which, yeah, is, I don't. I guess that is that off brand. I don't Super. know. You to tell me, me, to me, that is like I remember you taking the class, and it's just I really can't wrap my head around it. I think it was a little bit. Wait, why? Why I just you remember you talking it? about like, like measuring car, like all of these crazy labs, and me just thinking like, who is this person, like. I don't know. Just was weird. I'm so glad I didn't. I can't. <sighs> I just really did not like physics. Sean Rockman can hear you. Um, yeah. I I think that physics is the kind of thing where you're really into it or you're really not. And I was really. I think AT physics was actually one of the most important classes that I ever took. Wow. For me as a learner, simply because I. I chose to take the class and then I was really intimidated by the situation from the get-go because I was in there with people who were like really, really mathy people. Like that's who chooses to take physics at that level because it's so much intense math. And I, now I really loved math and I definitely did well in math, but I was with people who were in a much higher level of math than I was, because at Castileo we had, like, four levels of math or something crazy. Yeah. And a lot of their parents were physicists or engineers (laughs) and things like that, and so they could really speak the language of it. They could really... They could really... uh, They already knew a lot of the material. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it was familiar to them in some way, and they also knew a lot of the math already. Yeah. And for me, I I kind of recoiled at that initially. And I remember that Tesla over coiled? the course of the... <laughs> I recoiled much like a sling yeah. whose energy I was... Cal- <laughs> the production of whose energy I was calculating. Yeah. Um, actually, we programmed... We used Python to program spring spring animations in that class and then we would write the program to calculate uh to calculate some element of energy you could tell it's been a while since i did this to calculate some element of the energy produced or held by that system with a spring in it so the program would like animate a spring based on the dimensions that you gave it and then we wrote it to calculate all the information we wanted from it that's not, like to me that what the words that all of the words you just said was like no no thank you well see the thing is at first I felt I felt really frightened after the first day or two of class and then I think I worked harder in that class than I did at any other class at Castilea which it's not like I was like busting my butt over it or anything but I definitely and I mean that is like it wasn't like a huge stressor on my life because I was excited to be working hard for it mm-hmm. and then, like, when I got good results, or I felt like I understand it, or I understand it, oh my gosh, I'm an English teacher, I understood <laughs> the, um, what was taught to me, and I felt like I could really work through the new problems we were presented on the exam with some success, it was so rewarding, like, I think it was the most rewarding class I took at Castilea in that regard, That's cool. which was super cool for me, like, that senior year, I had that experience where I, where I really put my nose to the grindstone in a situation that I felt uncomfortable in and was able to feel really proud of my results. And that was a big moment for me because um, some teacher had told me, I think in at the end of middle school, that I was just a humanities person. Like I wasn't a math and science person, which was really affected. I don't know why I let it do this, but it really affected the way I thought of myself after that, even though I loved math and science as well. Um and so the fact that at the end of high school, I could kind of push back on that concept that I'd had um, was really worthwhile for me. And now you're an astrophysicist. So you really And now sh- you I'm really an astrophysicist. And I just want to say thank you to AT Physics, my classmates, and John Rockman for getting me here to the point where I just think I understand the universe on a better level than 99.9% of the population. Yeah. You'd think that us driving to school for, what, six <laughs> years with a physicist michael was a physicist right? with two i believe i believe that one parent in our carpool was specifically an astrophysicist yeah and the other was another kind of physicist we might be getting this completely wrong but they definitely knew a lot about physics he worked at slack and tried to accelerate particles indeed the young particle acceleration unit yes well pretty wild stuff none of it rubbed off on me I think I have a very distinct memory of one of them trying to explain relativity to me. <laughs> and me being like, I'm just trying to eat this snack in peace. Like, let's just, can we just turn it on the radio? It was probably like 6.52 in the morning. Yeah. And you were on, in traffic on 85 North. or And you were getting relativity explained to you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe not. Last anyway, week. I really, I really monopolized the physics conversation. Well, but physics has been a big thing for me as a learner and a person. Yeah, so that's what I'm I was. Sorry. That's what I was hoping. I have not much to say about physics except for uh, that I don't really like it. But I guess it defines everything I do. So 
I'm grateful. Well, it's certainly the way that we have chosen as a spe- as a human group of humans to define everything we do. Yeah. Who's to say that you couldn't find another way of describing the universe, Claire? Well, I have. Oh, do share. It's a little... Th- I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have not discovered a new explanation. You're like, for- I would like to take this moment to announce yeah. my intention to put forth an alternative yeah. to I the concepts trying- of physics I was well trying to find the right form, <laughs> and I thought our podcast was the right way to sort of just... I mean, the reach of this thing is going to be adequate for that. Well, I mean, I think me revealing a new explanation of physics would shoot us up, you know, into the just this. Into the stratosphere of the podcast world. Yeah, good one. Yeah, like this podcast would be featured on so many different scientific websites and everybody would be excited about the new version of physics, but they'd also be like, Mm, like, I really want to try a watermelon popsicle, you know? It's like, I would like to ponder the way we structure our understanding of the universe mm-hmm. while licking, chewing, uh, however one chooses to consume their popsicle, this delightful watermelon creation, and... Watching Cuckoo. While watching Cuckoo. Is it Cuckoo or Cuckoo? Okay, so in the show they say Cuckoo because... That's how they pronounce it in their British accents, specifically their English accents. They reference the title of their show? That's the name of Andy Samberg's character. Oh, 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 oh. That'd be like if in Mad Men they were like, ugh, we're just such mad men. <laughs> you know? I haven't seen Mad Men, so maybe it's they It's like know. The Office, they're like, crazy how we work in an office. Yeah, exactly. They start every episode by acknowledging their spatial surroundings. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well, this has been great. This has been a lovely conversation to share with you. Um, I feel like we can definitely improve for next time, but this was a good sort of a good start that we we really just went for it. We just started talking. Yeah. And I think this turned out pretty well, but probably we could make it a a lot more concise. Specifically, I could make it a lot more concise. I don't know. I don't want that, you know? It's like you don't want to hear me ramble about Next my week I task- journey as a learner. <laughs> Next week I task you with more. Just right. in general. Okay. I ready. All right. Well, wait. Shouldn't We need to say goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the first episode of P is for Popsicle. We hope you've enjoyed and catch you on the next one. Goodbye, Claire. No, Fiona. It's P is for podcast. Oh, my gosh. That was embarrassing. P is for podcast, which contains our podcast, a segment. Our podcast editor will edit that out. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. That's where we pay him the big bucks. Yeah, that's why we throw down so much money. Truly, just, incomprehensible. Just, just nip and tuck little moments like that. Anyway, all right, catch you on the flippity, sister. Bye. <laughs>